0: Well, Long
1: Talk Radio. There we go. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, summer master, vineyardist, and tasting expert,
2: Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that.
1: Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron
3: thank you thank
2: you thank you most people all right that's enough that's enough
0: yeah, that,
2: that works <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, we uh welcome to the show it is thursday october the fifteenth twenty twenty at seven o one p m eastern time So if you're out there listening to us now, you can call in, or you can uh, uh, send a message Facebook, and Mike will get it if you have any questions for our guest tonight. Who is Jim Loughran, who has been on before, actually, back in March 26th, which when we were checking that out, it was like a long time ago. I was thinking it was like a month ago, and then, so we look at this, and it's like almost six months, well, more than that, seven months, so quite some time, but. Jim is waiting in our green room, and we're going to bring him out onto the show right now. So,
4: hey, there he is.
2: There he is. Welcome Welcome to the the show, Jim.
3: Hey, guys. How are you tonight?
2: Doing great. How about yourself?
3: I'm doing wonderful. and I've got to tell you, I'm very impressed with the studio audience you've got tonight. Yeah. Those are some (laughs) enthusiastic wine lovers. (laughs)
2: <laughs> they they really are actually they're bus people we we have people bus in and they set out and they have wine and and uh, they just enjoy it and we you, you get them every week and uh, they seem to uh, seem to enjoy the show and, and they like the wine they're drinking and all that and uh, they get rowdy at times but the, you know
4: they sound the same as every as week they, too it's odd.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, exactly the same wine every week. If you would mix <laughs> it up a little bit, you know, you might get a different result.
2: Never thought of that. Make a note, Mike. We'll have to I we'll have to put that into. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh you uh, uh you've been busy uh over the last few months. 7 months. I mean, I just I asked, I was talking to Mike last week and I said, well, when was the last time that Jim was on the show? And I said, well, what was it? You know, like in July, August. And he goes, no, it was way back in March. And I'm going, Oh my gosh. It just, you know, when, when you get yourself sequestered into your home because of COVID-19, you lose all track of time. So it's been,
3: you really do. I, I'm kind of with you. I thought it was just a couple of months ago. So you yeah. told me it was seven months ago. was a big surprise.
2: Yeah, I just, you know, so, but, you know, I have to trust Mike. He does very good on record keeping of this stuff. So I guess he knows what he's doing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so
2: so the last time you're on, we were talking about a whole bunch of different stuff and uh, about wine and what you've done and, you know, the books you've written and all that. And we have you back on tonight because you have a couple more things that you have done and I'll let you tell us about them.
3: All right, wonderful. Uh yes, I I just can't stop this writing thing. I've, <laughs> I've seen a doctor about it and it you know it can't he, help, he gave huh? me some he gave me some ointment, but it doesn't seem to be working. Uh, Maybe
2: a shot. You so, might need a shot. Yeah. <laughs> there
3: you go. I might need a <laughs> shot right after this glass of wine. I'll probably have a shot actually. Uh, <laughs> so what I have done is very much in line with your philosophy, which is to make wine accessible, to, to get rid of all the gobbledygook and the And the fancy uh, lingo and the snobbery and the, gee, you've got to be a wizard and all this kind of uh, uh, corona, if you will, that surrounds the wine world. And just cut through, cut to the chase and let everybody enjoy wine. So Mm -hmm. in that regard, I've written two e-books, which I think will be the beginning of a longer series. Uh, They're very short. In fact, the the title is The 15-Minute Guide, and one is The 15-Minute Guide to Red Wine, and the other, you might guess, is The 15-Minute Guide to White Wine. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to really distill down all of the information uh, that's of real value to the average drinker and present it in a concise manner so that someone who's not interested in going through a 300-page textbook or taking a 10-week course or whatever but just wants to know a little bit more about the wine they're probably already drinking. They just want to be able to go into the wine store and have a more intelligent conversation with the clerk. Uh, You know, they want to know where that stuff in their glass comes from, you know, what it's all about. But they don't want to become wine experts. They're not looking to change their profession. Uh, They're just looking for some assistance. And uh, so these are going to be very inexpensive. Uh, They're quick reads. But they will, quite frankly, if if you really read it and absorb it, You'll know more about red wine or white wine or whatever the topic is, and probably ninety percent of the world's wine drinking population knows.
2: And so that's that, very in true. a nutshell,
3: is what we've got going on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's very true. I had an opportunity to, to read both of them, and it, it, it's very simple reads. There, there, there's a few spots there that you might want to jump back and read again, but it's very easy to absorb and very easy to understand. And it does teach you a lot. I, I really uh, enjoyed reading them. It was it, it's refreshing. And the thing is, being an ebook, you can put it there and use it as a reference in. Future things, anything you want to know mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what's so nice about that too uh, what give us
3: the well, these what? Days, you know so many people these days read ebooks on their phone or their or their iPad or whatever, so yes, True. you can easily have it right there at your fingertips you know if you want to look something up quickly or you remembered something uh, and I appreciate the fact that you read them and and realized that there's a lot of good information snuck into the simple style of writing. Yes. So again, if someone really did uh, sit down and give it 15 or 20 serious minutes, uh, they could come away with a, a, a pretty significant amount of information. And, it, and pricing. Yes. yes. Well, pricing is, again, I want this to be available Uh, I'm not looking to make a million dollars on this project. So, we are going to begin with uh, uh, the red uh, guide, the 15 minute guide to red wine, which is subtitled uh, Everything You Really Need to Know But Haven't Had a Chance to Ask. And that is going to be eventually 99 cents. Very good. But to begin, we'll probably discount it to zero. Uh, And just give it away for the first month or so. Because I just want people to jump in and have no barriers to entry. I don't care what your economic situation is. Uh, I don't care what your your educational position is. I just want you to have no barriers to entry here. Just jump in, grab it. It'll cost you nothing. And uh, see if you enjoy it and you want to move on. If you do choose to move on, the other books in this series, beginning with the fifteen minute Guide to white wine two ninety nine well worth it so yeah i mean they're they're there for for the people to read and enjoy and and hopefully uh, get some a good solid uh, foundation uh, under them as far as wine goes, and I think for many people, that'll be all they're looking for. You know,
2: and you're absolutely right. Um, not to interrupt, but it's the the simplicity of it, and the the re- reference that you can go back if you're, uh is well well worth uh, having it. And reading it a second time is going to open up more things for you too. So that's one of the good things about it. Is he writes it as if he's talking to you, not talking to uh, a group of snobby wine tasters. So that makes it
3: nice. Well, thanks. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not big on writing for snobby wine tasters because quite frankly, they know it all already, you know, just, that yeah, reason.
2: they think they do a lot of times uh, too. That, yeah.
3: yeah, absolutely. And, uh, the other thing that I've, I've done with both of these books is that I've given people a chance to kind of explore. So if you do like red wines, Uh, you're probably used to, you know, a a panoply of Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot and Pinot Noir. And and that's probably, you know, 90% of what you drink or what you've been exposed to. So let's talk about some other things that you can find that you can find. You know, very close to those in your in your favorite wine shop or wherever it is you're purchasing wine these days, there are literally dozens of fabulous red varieties in the world. And so I've kind of picked out 25 of the most interesting and also uh, accessible. So if someone says, gee, you know, I really like this Pinot and I've been drinking this Pinot Noir, but I'd like to try something else, We've,
2: we've got uh, lots of recommendations. And I was going to bring that up, too. There's a, a good list here uh, at the end of the 15-minute uh, read. I mean, if you wanted to just sit and do your 15-minute read, you can set aside this list. But it's a great list here. It, um, actually, he headlines it. Although a number of red wine grapes have already been mentioned, here are 25 of the most interesting or popular with brief Descriptions and information. And that's a good read itself. When you're in the wine shop, pull up the book again and say, Okay, Mm -hmm. let me try this one. I haven't ever tried this. And I think that's what you were heading at too on this. I've never tried this. Let's see if I can't find a uh a Carmenere here somewhere, because that sounds interesting as opposed to always grabbing a Cabernet Sauvignon. And sure. uh, yeah, you know, this mm-hmm. this is what this is good for. It gives you a little quick reference guide here when you search. Because so many times I've talked to people, and they're going to a store and.
4: Yeah, I lost them.
3: You lost them. I lost them too.
4: Yeah, Ron, are you still there? We think I think we lost your audio. <clears throat>
3: Ron's been carried off on the shoulders of the studio audience.
4: Yes. I think so. Ron, you may In need victory, to call on no the a... <laughs> In Victory.
3: right. Our... They're cheering him along. They're...
4: Where's uh I should have a uh, chance for that? They're, I don't think they're I
3: carrying him to the to the gates of the nearest winery.
4: Here he comes. There he is. Yeah. Oh, oh.
3: All
2: right. I'm back. I'm sorry. There you are. Yeah, no. I, yeah.
4: I've been we know where you were.
2: Yeah, I've <laughs> been having an issue with my. Well, I don't think it's my headphones. I think it's a direct connect with through uh, Blog Talk Radio. But I get that
0: you
2: know, like you, you know, that sound, and I know I'm gone. I know it's disconnected me for some reason, and I cannot understand why. But it's
3: what was yeah, that sound been,
0: again? What's that? Oh. You
2: want that, you do that sound that again? Sound
3: one more time?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: ah, that one. Yeah. That one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, and the peanut gallery chimes in.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no. I, as I was saying before, uh, Blog Talk Radio got started. Listening to me, it is uh, so often you people will walk into the store and. Think about a wine that was mentioned to them and not remember what it is, and so they default back to sure. what they uh, always get. Though they'll, they'll grab that Pinot uh, Noir or that Merlot or that Cab mm-hmm. that they're so used to. And with this book, you just pull up the list of twenty-five wines and say, "Okay, well, let's let's skip the Pinot Noir this time and and grab a Barbera and see what this tastes like, or or Carmenere from Chile or something." And it's going sure. to mm-hmm. expand people's taste. And uh, again, this is a great little tutorial to carry with you so you can look through and say, okay, now what am I in the mood for tonight? How about a Tempranillo or, or something like that? And, you know, it's, it's, it's great for that. I like the. Uh, the, well, the, the thank you. The 25 I, list on there.
3: Yeah, 25 in the red on the red side? Yes, uh-huh.
2: And but I do have one suggestion. Yes, sir. In parentheses next to the wine uh pronunciation. Mm-hmm.
3: That's not a bad idea. We may uh have to uh add that.
4: Because yeah, some
3: of them are a little strange. Uh Carmenere a lot of people and Ayi or Kidco, people uh would stumble over.
2: Well carrying on too, so, that you know i I think that one's probably mispronounced quite often also mhm mm-hmm. so yeah you know, i I would suggest this in princess a little uh, uh you know phonetic pronunciation of each one of them
3: mhm
2: yeah good
3: good thought, thank you,
2: oh, well it, as thought. i was reading through it, I'm going oh ooh that's that would be difficult to pronounce isn't it? you know
3: so right, yeah. But. Well, and, and, and you know, I, I think that you and I agree that one of the, one of the, actually one of the joys of of being a wine lover, and one of the most instructive elements of being a wine lover at the same time, is exploring new varieties. Oh yes. And wine people are complete animals. I mean, if you walk into a group of wine wine drinkers, and you've got a bottle that no one's ever tried before. You better have a corkscrew with you. <laughs> that's because right. you're you're not getting out alive.
0: Uh,
3: you know, if I come in and, and, and I say, hey look, I've got this Saparavi from Georgia uh in the in the high Caucasus Mountains, uh you know, it's over. I have to pour the entire bottle to everything. Oh, yeah. you know, I mean everyone has to have a taste.
0: You give me and a give me a, glass. give me a glass. You know.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh i I think that letting people realize that it's fun to explore you know so if you 've only had merlot in the last couple of years or you know that's your go to when you when you're when you're shopping and even if you even if you' shop in a you know buy your wine in a grocery store uh the wine selections have uh expanded so much. Oh, that yeah. many of these wines are available, you know, in your local, wherever it is you're shopping.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's
3: the name of the big chain in Florida? Pub- um,
0: Publix. Publix.
3: Publix, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, you know, even so Target, you can, though.
2: You go into Target yeah. now, they have a whole row yeah. of wines. I mean, the variety that they have is, is surprising.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it really is. So. Uh, you know, that's one of the joys of of wine drinking is to try these new things. And, uh, you know, some of them you're not going to care for occasionally and then others you're going to just say my goodness, this is my new favorite, (laughs) you know. Uh, So that's part of the fun of it all. It's it's the discovery and the exploration. And, uh, you know, as I said, the whole philosophy behind this was to just kind of let people relax and realize that you don't have to be uh, an expert with letters and, and uh, so forth behind your name. That You've got this degree in wine or that degree in wine. It's not really important because you only drink with one palate and that's yours. And so that's the only one that you really need to please.
2: And we, did, we had a, a show on last week uh, was so, uh... War, uh, wine and War, and it was about making wine in uh, Lebanon. And one of the people yes. that they interviewed throughout the show was uh, Sergey, and he had a great line. He said, you know, to, to understand wine, you need to drink a bottle of it. You don't just walk up to a person, shake their hand, and introduce yourself, and they introduce themselves, and then you know all about them. You have to get to know mm-hmm. them. That's the same thing with wine. You have to get to know it, so you know you drink a bottle of it. And this is the the guide here gives you uh, twenty five wines to get to know, and that's uh, what I enjoy too about this is that there's different ones here that most people wouldn't even consider, and yet mm-hmm. it's a way to get to know them. And same thing with white, you, you had the uh, a list on the on the white. Which is, I think, you get 25 on that one also. And I think
3: I did, I might have done uh, 30 on that because. Yes, there frankly, is 30. I'm I'm,
2: I'm looking at it the, now. Yeah, the number 30. of
3: flights is just remarkable. There's, and on the on the white list, uh, if you will look at that, I also had to put a little addendum uh, saying that you know. Here's another dozen that are also worthy of exploration. So. Yes,
2: it, down at the bottom. That, I've got that up right now. And, it's just, and a lot of these things people don't know. They they would never consider. They would never even think about it. And this gives them mm-hmm. a chance to say, well, you know, and you don't have to know how to pronounce it. Let me point that out to, to anyone who might be listening you don't have to know how to pronounce it you can take this list in and you can walk up to the clerk and you say i want one of these and
0: sure
3: yep
2: let them let them find it for you you know i mean if you're afraid that you're going to uh, pronounce uh, something wrong then you
3: know ah, go ahead it. pronounce it wrong who cares pronounce it wrong. it wrong everybody
2: does i mean that's not i've
3: pronounced you know. so many wine terms wrong in my life that oh. Me too. On the air, I've had people email me and tell me, "Hey,
0: yeah,
3: I'm sure, of course, yeah, that's
0: not bad. It's this, yeah,
3: that's right,
2: yeah." So, uh, So yeah,
3: that's part of the learning process too.
2: It it is. You're right. Uh, The 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 book. Let me um, just just for FYI for everyone out there. A very simple read, but the book is divided into sections, too. The contents, you have an introduction. Then Jim talks about the color and then flavor and the different flavors you pick up in wines and all that and the characteristics of the wine. Fermentation and just a section on how they come about getting it from a grape to a wine. Aging on the reds and different regions uh, to uh, look at around the world. I mean... People know of California, and they know of France and Germany and Italy and Spain, and that's it. But there are, well, there's a world of wines out there, and he talks a little bit about that, too.
3: Literally a world of wine out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are so many wonderful regions, and the uh, interesting thing about about wine is that we're always there's always one on the ascendancy if you will, one that's mm-hmm. the new favorite or one that's in the case of, of the country uh, of Georgia, one that quite frankly is an ancient wine producing region that's newly discovered to the rest of the world because they were uh, under the thumb of the, of the Soviet Union for the last hundred years. And
2: yeah, they couldn't so, do anything, yeah
3: yeah there was none of their stuff was getting uh getting out into the world. you know we're also uh blessed, and I know you've touched on this ron in the, in the past, with the most efficient distribution system of wine that we've ever seen in history mm-hmm, yes. and so you can get wine at least in the United States and canada and and much of the world. You can get wines from everywhere wines that thirty or forty years ago were were rarities are now easily available. you know wines from crazy places like Ribera Sacra or uh you know Lamari in Chile or you know whatever um you know there was a time when that stuff was just not not available in the marketplace.
2: Egypt and Israel and China all of yeah. these places too you can you can find wines from all these that like you say you, I don't even think you have to go back 30 years when they weren't available
3: right right yeah i mean it used to be the only israeli wine it was Mogan David <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and now i mean there's some really good stuff being made in israel oh yeah uh, you know, and, and one of the very interesting things is, is some of the, the best wineries in Israel are, are staffed by Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a, wine really does, in many instances, uh, it allows people to coexist because wine is more ancient than our divisions are. Mm-hmm. Wine You're has right. been part of the human condition for longer than we've been fighting with each other. And so it's something that we have in common uh, as a history. And so, I mean, think about that. You know, an Israeli winery and the head winemaker is Palestinian. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's of stuff. That, that's really great.
2: It is. It is. You know, you have to smile about that. It's because of the fact that, you know, it's just, just the history of that. You have to smile.
0: You know. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. The uh, oh, I was just thinking about that, and I lost my thought. Sorry.
3: That's all right. At least you're still connected. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, Mike and I were sure that the studio audience had had lifted you up on their shoulders, and they were carrying you off in victory to the <laughs> gates of the nearest why <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's drink
2: something new now, okay?
0: <laughs>
2: you convince me. <laughs> Let's drink something new. Um yes. Yeah. Uh, but wines, like you say, wines are are much more accessible. You, I've always said this before. Find to everyone out there. Find yourself a wine store or a, a local wine shop. I'm not talking about the mm-hmm. big change or anything, but find yourself a local wine shop and patronize that all the time let the people know what you drink walk in there and say i'm a cabernet sauvignon fan i have been for years what do you recommend and as you start walking in the door after doing this after six eight months of purchasing wine every week or two once you walk in the door they're going to say ah come here, I've got something I just found you need to try. And they will be looking for you also. So this is one thing that you can always do, is look for that, look for your local source, and that's usually your local wine stores or stuff that
3: are uh, there for you. That's such good advice. It's just such good advice. In in my book, 50 Ways to Love Wine More, uh, I talk about that that You know, a a good wine merchant can be your best friend, and, uh, you know, she or he or whoever it is always really knows their inventory very well, and they're almost always real wine geeks, and they also just love to share. So you can walk into a good wine shop, uh, and preferably your local wine shop, as you mentioned, and, and just get to know them. And they will start, they'll start being on the lookout for you. You know, they'll see you walk in the door and and flag you down and say, hey, Ron, we got something in last week that I think you would love. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: You know, and they'll introduce you to things that you don't even know about. You didn't even know existed. So they're a wonderful resource. A good wine merchant is really a a terrific uh, contact to make and nurture.
2: And another good thing about them, too, is, if you hear of a wine, or if you uh, they don't have or something, they will do their part in getting it in for you. So it's yes. not, you don't mm-hmm. have to search and look around. And just say, "Hey, I've I've heard about this wine, and I wonder if you can get it." And is that all they can? They will. That's uh, what's so mm-hmm. nice about knowing them like that too.
3: Yeah, yeah, it pays big dividends. It's really. Uh... And it's just fun to have someone to talk to who uh, you know is knowledgeable and in the same thing that you're interested in, you know whatever yes. it may be that's that's just always uh, you know a pleasurable thing to do
2: and a lot of times people in the wine shops too uh, are they're knowledgeable, but they're not going to talk down to you they're going to take the time and you know have a conversation on the level that you want to talk about, and they'll be happy to. Mm-hmm. Each a little bit, but they're not there to look down on you because you don't know how to pronounce "censor" or something like that. So you know,
0: right, it's,
3: right.
2: It's one good thing about local shops. I'm I'm a big fan yeah. of local wine shops. Yeah, you're
3: you're absolutely right. I mean, they're objective. If you think about, it, look, we all have an agenda in everything that we do, but but their objective when you come in is to have you come in another time. It's to build the customer and you don't build the customer by talking down to them. You know, you build the customer by, by serving their needs. And uh, so, you know, a good, a good merchant knows this regardless of what they're selling. So if you come in and you have an interest in wine, uh, they're going to be happy to tell you whatever they know. And, And quite frankly, you know, you may end up knowing some things that they don't. Maybe you read about something somewhere and they hadn't heard about it. They'll be very interested to hear what you've got to say. That's true. Or as you mentioned, you know, maybe you say, hey, look, I uh, I had this book and, and they mentioned uh, Bobal or Bobo, I'm not sure how you say it, from Spain. Uh, do you guys have any of that or can you get any? And, and you might get the response of, well, gee, you know, I've only had it two or three times myself. at tastes things, and no, we don't have any, but let me see if we can find some and get it in here. So it's uh, it's a great way uh, to expand everybody's knowledge base, quite honestly, and to do it in a pretty easy, comfortable manner.
2: And to help out local merchants, and that's a big plus, too. It you know. sure is, yeah.
3: Yeah. But
2: especially... You know, I, especially now when local merchants can use everyone's help on stuff, and they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs. If you go on, they can spend a lot of time talking with you. It's like I was looking for, uh, uh, what was it? Oh, Beaujolais Nouveau. And I went to yeah. a local wine shop, and I said, do you have Beaujolais Nouveau? And he goes, no. And I go, why not? He says, because it doesn't sell. And I go, it doesn't? And we spent the next half hour of him telling me the history of the, uh, the Bose Nouveau through his shop and how he used to buy it and get cases and cases and have big, big displays. And within a week, it would all be gone. And, and he said, right. Now nobody asked for it. He said, It's just, you know, it just nobody ever comes mm-hmm. and asks for it. He says, He might get in a half a case and sell three bottles, and the other three will sit there for six months. and He'll just put it on discount just to get rid of it. So you know, and it was interesting. But again, a local wine mm-hmm. shop, and he, he was willing to spend the time, and we talked about it and all that, and just uh, expanded my knowledge a lot on what's happening with Beaujolais Nouveau now. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, they certainly have their their uh, finger on the pulse of the of the market, and um, whether it's local or national or whatever. I mean, they know what's selling and what isn't and what's available and what isn't. Uh, not that they're going to buy everything that's available, but it's certainly offered to them. So, right. uh, you know, they're aware of
2: it. So, again, to emphasize, you know, find yourself a local local wine store and uh, local wine merchant and patronize them. They It will expand your knowledge a lot more than uh, just, you know, walking into a, a big... Total Wines or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with Total Wines. They have a good variety. But I have been in Total Wines a few times when I've asked a clerk for a certain wine or something. And he gives me this blank look and he goes, uh, go over and ask so-and-so. You know, I mean, it's just
3: right. so,
0: you uh, know.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, uh, it's a different business model. Um, and and I have certainly been in Total Wines. I've known a couple people who were the wine merchants or directors or whatever their title is in Total Wine, and they were certainly the kind of people you and I have been talking about. But they're big shops, and they have a lot of staff, and they hire people, uh, many of whom have very minimal wine knowledge, and uh, they claim to try to train them, but, you know, that's fine. It takes time. You can't, as as you know, you're not going to learn all this stuff uh, that a good merchant knows um, if the person is also working eight hours a day on the floor and they've got to sell beer and they've got to sell booze and, and so on and so forth. Restock while they're uh, doing it, it and
0: everything
2: else. I mean, right, it, it, right. It, yeah, it's, yeah,
3: it's a big ask. So, uh, it, And the thing that, that always surprised me about Total Wine, and, and again, I don't want to uh, –
2: no, I have nothing against total wine. I mean, it's you a know, great place. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's fun to grab your shopping cart and thing, wander through it. You know,
3: the thing that always surprised me though when I when I shopped at Total Wine was, despite the fact that they tell you they have I don't know what they say seven thousand kinds of wine or twenty thousand right. kinds of wine I don't know what their what their I number what is these days. The tagline is. Uh, it's surprising how many times I've gone in there and they haven't had what I wanted. <laughs> so. Because you know it's it's not really a curated, if I can use that word, it's not really a curated inventory. It's kind of everything they can get, right. and all the, all the special connections that they can uh, that they can develop. Quite honestly, to get around the three tier system in many cases, right, um, which is kind of an inside, I guess not a joke, but uh, a reality. Definitely. Yeah, reality and so they certainly don't have yes they may have a lot of wines but there are a lot more wines that they don't have that quite frankly you're more likely to find in that little 800 square foot shop you know down the road
2: very good point yes that is exactly right uh and i i think Total wines, and it, you know, I keep doing this disclaimer. There's nothing wrong with them. I enjoy total wines, but I think they they get lost in their inventory. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, there's there's no way you're going to be able to have uh, a tasting knowledge of twenty thousand wines. I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. And so, I, I think they get lost in their inventory, whereas your local shop. A lot of times you walk in, and I say, "Here, you need to try this. I've had it, and it's great." And you know, or they'll be honest with you. You know, what do you think of this? A little light, you know, it's not, you know, or maybe too acidic or something like that. And
3: that's one good mm-hmm. thing about local stores. Well, the other thing is that because it, it is a smaller situation, that the the merchants in the local stores have very likely tasted almost everything in the store
0: Mm -hmm. because
3: when the when the distributor uh comes in or the distributors rep comes in and tastes them uh it's often a group a group situation You, you know you've got three or four clerks and the owner i mean that may be the store right and uh so they all kind of taste it and uh then the next day the the people who weren't at the tasting uh, taste what's left over in the bottle. So they've all tried pretty much everything that's on the shelves. Whereas uh, total wine buys in a corporate manner, you know, the oh, yeah. the purchasing decisions are made above their, their level, their pay grade and above their store. And so there are hundreds of wines that they bring in every week and no one in the store has tasted them because in their business model, that's not really their job. So they're supposed to be familiar with that type of wine, but it's very, there's a very good chance they haven't tasted that particular wine.
2: And that's very true. And just something else, though, you got to point out, and people say, well, when I go to my little store, it's going to cost me a couple bucks more than if I go to Total Wine. Yeah, it will, because of what Jim just said, They have the corporate level purchases of wine, and they say, okay, we want enough wines to fill 200 stores, what type of price? And so it's going to be dropped a little bit, and so therefore the prices will be dropped per store. Mm -hmm. Where your local merchant is, maybe might be in a corporate or something like that, but most of the time he's purchasing at a reasonable level, but he has to mark it up enough to make a profit. And so you may be paying sure. two or three dollars more or even five dollars more for a bottle of wine, but the the service the intimacy is worth it.
3: Absolutely true. Yeah, I mean the small guy, uh the small guy, small gal, whoever it is, is is you know, on a wine that's a pretty good seller, they may be buying five or ten cases at a time. Yeah, good, uh, if good it's place. something they just want to put out there on the on the floor and try out, maybe they buy a case or two and just see what happens. Uh, whereas, yeah, a place like Total Wine is buying a pallet of everything at a time. They're buying, you know, a couple hundred cases at a time, uh, distributing it around to, uh, you know, even if they don't do all their stores, there, they're probably going to buy two or three hundred cases. So, you know, when you also when you buy that much wine. And I don't know if the average wine drinker is really aware of this to the degree that they might want to be. Um, When you buy that much wine, you're very likely buying from a winery that has a substantial production. And by substantial, I'm talking, you know, 100,000 cases or more. And it could be much more, it could be half a million cases, it could be a million cases. And when you're making wine in that volume, in that quantity, you're making it more by formula. Uh, you're, you're kind of doing things the same way and you've got budget considerations that the wine maker is forced to consider uh, in other words, do we really want to buy 3,000 new oak barrels this year at $1,500 a pop? Uh, that's a little rich. Why don't we do this instead? So that affects the wine. Whereas if you're buying from a place that's making 5,000 cases or 10,000 cases total, uh that's really that's a boutique winery that that's a place that's very hands-on where they're trying to put out the best possible product that they can you know it's kind of the difference between going to the store and and, and let's say going to a whole foods or something you can buy that packaged cheese out of the dairy case or you can go to their cheese department and get these wonderful Artisanal cheeses that are made by small farms around the country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, versus the factory-produced cheese that you know again puts out a, a zillion pounds of it a year. So it's not that the factory stuff is bad at all. Some of it, in fact, is really doggone good, but it doesn't have the the personality. And wine, as people know who've had much wine, wine has personality. Oh, yeah. Uh, good wine has personality. Uh, wine that's not so good is just juice. It's fermented grape juice, and it's drinkable, and, <laughs> and it smells like wine. It looks like wine. It tastes like wine, but it's just fermented juice. Really good wine sings to you. It, it has a, an inner glow, and uh, you, you really, if you want that, uh, you may have to pay another buck or so a bottle. Or two, whatever the case may be, but you're getting a handcrafted product instead of a factory mass-produced product, and it makes a lot of difference.
2: It does. Excellent point. It's uh, in fact, most wineries uh, in the United States are small wineries. There's like I can't remember the statistics right off the top of my head, but like 85 to 90 percent of them are small wineries. But so many mm-hmm. people. Whenever you go to the store, you'll reach up there and you'll buy one that you're so familiar with because they advertise, because they have the big displays, because they have the money to put it in your face. And if you look at the the ones that aren't being advertised all the time, these are the ones that, well, like you just said, Jim, these are the ones that have uh, a little bit of extra that they put into it, uh, heart and soul that you don't find in the big... Mm-hmm. Well, big conglomerates that, that do it, and you know, it's a, it's always nice to find a small winery. When I when I had the winery, people used to come out and say that they said, "Well, we, we we love this that you just do everything right here, and that you you know you can taste you can taste what you're trying to do with it as opposed to just being a wine." And I think that was one of the better compliments that I usually got from people. And sure, you know, and it,
3: yeah. And it, it, it's so true. And, you know, again, not to not to pick on anyone, but, you know, we we all know who the big brands are. You see them in every wine shop and every supermarket and every Seven Eleven, and every every place.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's
3: the same yeah. label. I mean, man, they've got to be cranking out a lot of juice.
0: That's so right. what's
3: happening is that they're getting grapes full sites. You know, you may think this is a Napa Valley Cab and it's wonderful stuff. Well, some of it's Napa Valley Cab, but some of it may be Syrah from from the Central Valley that they're throwing in there to beef it up a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the wine world, and the bigger the label, the more they're willing to accept any kind of juice they can because they've got to crank out those 20 million bottles every year. and you know, Whereas if you've got some little winery, they have a prime little vineyard spot and all their grapes, all the grapes come from that one prime little vineyard and they baby that vineyard and they, and they throw away the soft or beginning to rot grapes and they, you know, they're very careful with how they sort them and, and everything is looked at closely and watched like a baby. Uh, But, again, in the big wineries, they bring in a truckload of grapes from here and a truckload of grapes from there and a truckload from somewhere else, and they mix it all together. And uh, they pump it through uh, what looks like a refinery from the outside, (laughs) and they tell you that it's lovely wine in there. So, you know. And then um, they
2: store it in million-gallon cement tanks, and, you know, they say, okay, Mm -hmm. I want, you know. Uh, 5,000 gallons of uh, Chardonnay, and they measure out 5,000 gallons of Chardonnay and ship it to you, and you can bottle it up and all that. And it's just, you know, you, you and, have, they,
3: and they filter the living daylights out of it to do that.
2: Yeah, they do. They want, yeah,
3: you know, they're so concerned that the wine, you know, those big labels, you'll never see sediment in those wines. No. no, uh, no. I mean, they're filtered to within an inch of their lives. So unfortunately uh that takes away a lot of the uh the uniqueness the idiosyncrasy of the flavors Um uh, oh, the uh <laughs> you know the personality of it
2: it does it, it really is. uh, uh and, and if people start checking into off they don't know winery so much but just different types of grapes that they can find that's not the same name as the ones that they're so used to, you're going to start seeing a different type of taste and a different type of personality pop up. And even if you look at the ones, say you're used to buying Cabernet Sauvignon from uh, a big producer all the time, and, Mm -hmm. you know, find a Cabernet Sauvignon from someone you've never heard of. Find a Cabernet Sauvignon that is... uh, You you don't have to spend a whole lot of money extra on it, but find something that is different a lot from what you're so used to and you would be amazed at the quality, the taste, the aroma, everything.
3: Amen. And see, this is where your wine merchant can be so valuable again. You know, to say, look, I've, I've been drinking XYZ Cab and I love Cabernet, but you know what? I I realize that XYZ is making a million cases a year. And I don't want to go to a brand I don't know because I don't know if it's good, but can you tell me a small producer cab that uh that I should try? Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for, and that's where your wine merchant can be of uh, invaluable assistance. Oh yeah.
2: And and just and when you taste those too, you'll just you will be amazed at the difference. Uh, it's you'll say, "Wow, this is this is a Cabernet Sauvignon. This <laughs> is what I've been missing," and right, and it'll pop out at you. I I, I just I try to emphasize this that people don't don't always go back to your default wine. Always try something new, and that's you know mm-hmm. one. Of One of my mantras, uh, when I had the winery, I used to say that all the time. Try something new. Don't try the same thing. You're always, you just, you know, spend a few more dollars and you'll be amazed at the difference in quality and all that if you try things that you're not used to. Mm -hmm. And I hope some people listen to me, but you never know.
3: Um. (laughs) Well. I'm sure there's two or three out there
2: at least. Yeah, and you know, what's the old thing? If I got one person then that's enough, you know. But uh so the so the uh just as a tease, I'm not gonna go into it a whole lot on the white because we don't want to uh, shy people away or say, Oh, I've already heard about it. But basically we've got the same thing here. The the contents include the introduction, the color, the flavor characteristics, fermentation, aging, regions, and different varieties to explore, same as in the mm-hmm. reds, only this is whites now. This is, And the, what Jim said earlier, too, it, you would be surprised at how many whites are out there that you aren't familiar with. One of the things in the introduction, he even covers that. He says it's just so many people know that there are hundreds and thousands of varieties, and there's so many of them are reds out there but what about the whites? Uh, we have our basics that we know, Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio and Sauvignon Blanc, and maybe Muscat, or Moscato or something, but that's about it. And this goes in and starts telling you a little bit more about the different whites and how whites are come about and it it covers things too that uh, you might be interested in in, in the uh fermentation and how it's done on the whites as opposed to the reds and the characteristics that you're looking for uh it's amazing how different areas of of the world or different climates can really make a difference in how the wine comes out i mean there are certain Mm -hmm. regions that are really warm so you get a, a different taste on your wines and a different alcohol level will will jump around on depending on the temperatures and stuff and all this Mm -hmm. he covers and it's not not tech talk it is very simple talk Mm -hmm. he just he covers it enough so that you can you can go oh wow I, i i didn't understand that before but now i do so great on that and he also mentions a bunch of different whites here a couple of them i've never heard of before uh the what is it, Hondurabi uh, Zuri?
3: Yes, yeah, that's the the grape, the major grape in Chocolate. Oh. Uh, Chocolate being the wonderful uh, Basque wine from the Basque region of Spain. Okay. Uh, yeah, and there's actually uh, there's uh, Hondurabi Zuri. Uh, and there is a red as well. There is some oh, really? red, chocolatey. Not much, but there is some out there.
2: Huh? Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of it. I was going through and looking at the different names, and most of these, most of them says, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And then I hit that one. I go, oh, you yeah, know, I've never. That's that's a new one to me. So, you know, mm-hmm. and it, which you know, just to point out again to everyone, it's just there's so many different different white wines and red wines and everything out there to try, and this is. You know, something to carry in your tablet or in your phone or something that you can pull up at any time and say, okay, I'm here at the wine store. Let me, you know, see if I can't pick up one of these, Malvisia, um, or something like that, and give it a try. And, you know, it's uh, excellent for that. And then you know what you're talking about a little bit more, too, through through the uh, explanations in the book and
3: everything. So. Well, you could, you can kind of... You know based on on where a wine is from, you can begin to understand what you might expect of that wine mm-hmm. yeah. you know so i mean to to give listeners you know a very simple uh, approach to this if if a wine uh, comes from grapes that are grown in a really warm climate you're gonna tend to have uh higher alcohol. And uh, it's going to have a a different flavor profile. If that same grape is grown in a cool climate, uh, it will obviously be lower alcohol, and it will have uh, a a little different set of flavors. So in in a lot of whites, maybe in the very cool climate, you know, it'll have uh, kind of appley flavors and and, uh, tree fruit kind of flavors, uh, you know, apples, pears, uh, maybe even some peach or things like that. Uh, but if you get into a, uh, you know, a warm region, the same wine, whether it's Chardonnay or, you know, Bianco or whatever it may be, if it's grown in a very warm region, it's going to be a little heavier wine and it's probably going to show uh, more tropical flavors. You know, you'll get some some pineapple in there or some mango, things like that. So uh once you know those kind of general things, it becomes easier when you're looking at, uh, at wine, uh, whether you're in knock on wood, someday we can go back to drinking wine in restaurants or we can <laughs> even go back to restaurants, the restaurant. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But if you're, if you're buying wine in a store or shop, whatever, uh, you can that's that's a good thing to explore you know can you give me a uh, can you give me a wine uh i don't know maybe uh a, a wine i'm not familiar with pick a pick a variety from a, a cooler climate or from a warmer climate because they do have different characteristics if you're looking for something kind of rich and full bodied that you want to go with your lobster stew uh you know, that, that's going to be, that's made with a lot of cream or something like that. You may want a nice, rich, full-bodied white wine. On the other hand, if you're going to have a plate of uh, of uh, uh, just clams on the half shell or something, uh, oysters, excuse me, oysters on the half shell, you're going to have a plate of clean oysters in the middle of winter, then you probably want something that's very light-bodied and and has some lemony and, and appley uh zip to it. So you know, knowing a few things like that really begins to open up the world for you. And uh That makes a big difference. It doesn't take you. long to learn this stuff. You know, it really it, doesn't take long. Actually it takes fifteen minutes if
2: you read his books.
3: There there you go. <laughs> well, well put.
2: Yeah, <laughs> 15 minutes guide. That's it. In 15 minutes, you be able to have your knowledge to be able to do that stuff. And then that's another thing too. You you were mentioning about the uh, climates and different taste uh, profiles. It's fun to get different wines just on your own and and try them. I mean, try Chardonnay from one area and then try it from another area and see mm-hmm. how the warm climate or the cool climate can affect the final wine and it's uh an interesting thing about it it opens up how they will they find yours and i mentioned chardonnay or uh you know any wine that you're wearing a sauvignon blanc or something grab yourself a sauvignon blanc and uh from a warm climate and then one from a cool climate and you'd be amazed at the difference just the climate makes
3: in the absolutely yeah I mean grab one from Napa Valley and get one from uh, New Zealand yeah there you go and you know try those side by side Uh, you know or or the same with reds Uh, you know get a pinot from Southern California and and one from uh, Central Otago Mm -hmm. Uh, again another New Zealand region And, and boy they're You know, you'll be able to tell they're the same grape, but whole different presentations. It's like eating, you know, I don't know. It's like eating a particular meal that you like. Let's say you love beef. Okay, well, beef can be made this way or can be made that way. You know, you can still identify it as beef. You know, you may love it with a mushroom gravy and yada yada on here, and someone else may love it with the... horseradish, and so forth. So, I mean, uh, you know, look at Syrah. Oh, get a
0: yeah. get
3: a Syrah from uh, the Northern Rhone, uh, and you don't have to spend a lot of money. Get a Crozer, uh, a wonderful wine from the Northern Rhone, and then go out and get a bottle of, of uh, uh, Shiraz from uh, Barossa Valley in Australia. Same grape. Uh, one grown in a cooler climate, one grown in a warm climate, and just try them side by side. I mean, it's it's fun and yeah. it's it teaches you a lot.
2: Invite a couple of, a, a couple of couples over that you know, and and you know you can social distance and still taste your wines and try them side by side. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a a good way to expand the knowledge even more seeing how the cool climates and warm climates that's always fascinated me that i've done that before tried them in different climates and different grapes and it's always fascinating to uh, on the taste you're going wow this is the same grape but there's a it just <laughs> comes across as different you know and so
0: yeah mm-hmm. and
2: that's that's just a fun thing to do mike is there anything yeah. you'd like to talk to jim about
4: yeah, I did have a, a, a quick question. Um, your 15-minute guides—you have a list of wines uh, for reds in the red guide and whites in the white guide. Do you list prices along with those wines, or is there a price range that you're that you're writing about or including in that list?
3: Mike, to be honest, I, no, I don't talk about price uh, for one reason, and that is that it depends on the producer. It depends on the region. Uh, It varies so tremendously. Uh, You know, we can look at, I don't know, I mean, pick a Cabernet again to make it simple. You know, Cabernet Sauvignon. I mean, you can get a really nice cab for $12. And you can get a fabulous cab for $250. So, you know, and everything in between is available as well. The benefit. Is that people, and and this is a good point. Uh, in talking with your wine merchant, uh, tell them what your price point is. Tell them what you're comfortable paying. Yeah, you're gonna, you know, you say, know. well, gee, I, you know, I'd love to try that particular Albarino, but thirty bucks is a little bit, you know, a little steep for me. You got anything in the, you know, fifteen or sixteen dollar range? And uh, in more cases than not, they're going to be able to accommodate you. So for that reason, I don't get into prices here because I didn't want, I also don't want to talk about particular producers because that changes. That's kind of, you know, comes and goes. Uh, I think once you know the grapes, then you have a starting point and uh, you can kind of explore and find the price a Suave, uh, the white grape Garganica, uh, from Northern Italy. You know, I, I know that they're available for nine, $10 a bottle and I know they're available for $35 a bottle. So it it kind of, you know, if you've got the money and you want to, you want to roll the dice, uh, uh, and enjoy yourself, uh, you know, the $30 bottle is probably going to be more interesting and have more personality than a $10 bottle, but that's not always the case. Again, a good merchant can help set you straight in that regard. But uh, I, I think that rather than telling you what you should pay or whose who's label you should buy, I just want people to begin by realizing that there is this whole rainbow, this whole panoply uh, of varieties out there that they should explore.
4: Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I was just uh, wondering, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, and uh, Ron's recommendation. Uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a good read. So uh, anybody else out there listening, I'm sure we're going to tell them how to, how to uh, get the eBooks and um, where they're located at. And um, yeah, sounds like a, sounds like a great guide and a great read to have for sure. Thank you. Okay. Zach,
2: that's the next thing Thank I was you. going to ask, Jim. So thanks for bringing it up. Good segue. How does anyone get a hold of the red and or white guides?
3: Well, the the best way is that uh, is really at this point to go to Amazon. Uh, the books will be released next week, so they will be on Amazon next week. Uh, eventually, they will be on some other sites, uh, Barnes & Noble and Nook and so forth, but The reality is that Amazon sells about 70% of all the e-books in the country. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of the 800-pound gorilla. Uh, I certainly wish they were not, uh, but they are. But they are, yeah. uh, But they are. So uh, we're working with uh, an e-book distributor, and so we will have it available in other places. And, you know, just go to Amazon. Again, you know, if if they've got my name, which is Lochran, L A U G H R E N, Lafren, a lot of people. Like yeah
2: yes, that's what I thought yeah. about it first. Yeah. Um,
3: and uh look it up that way through Amazon or when you get there it's the fifteen minute guide to red wine, the fifteen minute guide to white wine. And as I say, the red wine guide uh will be a giveaway to begin. So uh and, and also, uh, let me just say this, uh, that if anyone has trouble finding it or they, you know, have any problems or any questions, feel free to just go directly to my website, which is jimlockran.com, and send me a message. I mean, I'm always happy to uh, there you go. to assist or to help out or to answer something or to steer someone in the right direction i mean i'm I'm here uh or they can find me on facebook at author jim Lochran, uh or they can find me on instagram at the wine writer so he's, he's all
2: over the place for you out there people you can you can find him if you need him.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm in more places than you want to see me more places than
2: um but he said they will be released next week. Now let me uh, remind everyone: this show is live here on October the fifteenth. So next week will be the week of October eighteenth to the twenty-fourth. I don't know whatever date, but if you're listening to this on archives or something, and you happen to listen to a show on the the twelfth, on the twelfth, on the seventeenth
0: uh, uh, or something, right? Like, if-
3: yeah, if you're if you're listening to this and it's late October or later, the book is already out. So it's out. You can go get you it. You should have no trouble no trouble getting them.
2: We're just a little bit beforehand here, pre-release program. So you know, get get out there and get. it. Uh, so as uh, it's a great book. It really is. Both of them are very easy reads. It's very easy to understand. Uh, you can. Put it in your phone carry with you the 25 red wines you should try and the 30 white wines you should try plus little extras at the bottom you gives you just you know to push you along are well worth exploring and it's just a, a good way to expand your knowledge I when I taught my wine class, uh, I used to tell people you walk out knowing more than 99 percent of the people drinking wine right now do anyway and this is what this book does too you read this you you know a couple times by that time you've got enough knowledge you know more than 95 percent of people out there drinking wine so it's uh it's well worth it and again put little pronunciation guys next to the wines and uh, i think that'll be a big help so all right uh, uh Oh, any any last comments? Any
3: last thoughts,
2: Jim? Before we say good night.
3: No, I just want to. Well, first of all, let me thank you very much for having me on. I I certainly appreciate your hospitality and your uh, your abiding love of wine. Uh, <laughs> it, it's always great to uh, to spend some time with a fellow uh, enophile. That's and that's to your audience, like uh, I would just say, you know, if this is the first time you've You've listened to this particular podcast. You've stumbled on something good, so you know, bookmark it or whatever you do to come back and see it again. Thank you. And uh, make yourself available to wine. Uh, the wine's greatest pleasure is to give you pleasure. You know, yeah, wine has hard. been part of yeah. Wine's been part of the human condition for. Eight or ten or twelve thousand years, and it's been part of of religion. It's been part of art. It's been part of medicine. It's been part of nutrition. It's been part of of trade and commerce. It's uh, certainly been part of agriculture and 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 the evolution of of cities and and communities. Uh, so it's it's very much uh, intertwined with our human history. And there's a reason for that, and the reason is it's good stuff i mean yeah. it is it 's lovely, wonderful stuff, and uh, you know you don't need to overdo it uh, it's not a matter of getting hammered it 's a matter of of letting wine do what it does, which is to relax you, to make you feel uh, you know, to to kind of ease the stress and we're living in pretty stressful times right now. Oh oh, yeah. So, uh, a a glass or two of wine can really help you relax and, and look at the world with a a smile and, and realize that, you know, life and, and our times in society have been through other challenges and we'll get through this one as well. Uh, Uh Other than that, go get yourself a fifteen minute guide and have fun
2: yeah very very well put i nothing to add to all that uh again next week they will be available go to amazon fifteen minute guide to white fifteen minute guide to red jim lachrin l a u g h r e n uh, uh i said it wrong it's not lochrin it's will and so uh <laughs> uh Check it out and uh, enjoy them and educate yourself. Jim, thank you so much for taking your time out tonight to be on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, Again, uh, it is a joy to talk to someone who enjoys wine as much as I. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, So uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And if you uh, start doing additional books and uh, e-books and stuff like that, then, uh, you know, pencil us in for uh, seven months from now. We'll get you back on the show
3: again. (laughs) We'll we'll make it a regular, every seven months come come hell or high water, right? (laughs) 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 That
2: sounds good to me.
3: (laughs) So that reminds me of a joke.
2: I have to tell you, I have to tell you, since they remind me of a joke, really, really bad flood in an area. Okay, it was horrible. And so Uh, This lady is standing on top of the roof of her house because the water is so high out there. And a boat paddles up to get her on the boat. And uh, the guy on the boat is seeing this hat out in front of the house that's going against the flow of the water. And then it stops and it comes back down with the flow of the water. Then it stops and goes back up again. And he's sitting there watching this, and it does this like four or five times. And he says to the lady, he says, you see that hat out there? He says, it's going up and down. He said, do you know what that is? And the lady says, oh, that's Uncle Jim. He said he was going to mow the grass today come hell or high water. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll end up with that. (laughs) Yeah, really, really. So thanks for being on the show and uh we'll look forward to the next time.
4: Great. Oh,
3: Have a good yeah.
2: night. You too now.
4: Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay. Uh was our audience? That's right. perfect. Well that was very great. nice. Um Yeah. Um, get the
2: book. Tell, tell people, me. get the book, get the book. It, it's well worth it. I I got both of them here mm-hmm. and it's just just the list of wines to try is, is a fascinating approach that you can take to start trying yeah. different wines. Uh, and it gives you some basics on there. And it is basics, but it's simple, easy, understanding basics. So, uh,
4: Very good. And uh, I noticed uh, when I was typing out things that uh, there are two, at least two that I looked up, two different types of pallets. Um, and you can, totally different spellings, and uh, one is the one that you taste with that you were talking about, and then the other one is related to colors, and it's spelled differently. And oh, really? I'm spelling it wrong. But why am I not finding this stupid word? And uh, every time I typed it out, it was like, "Oh, you're talking about colors." No, I'm talking about no, taste. No, no, it's, 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 it's Different spelling. So I, I found that out. Thank you for educating me. And uh, when, when he said, you know, he, he was wondering if he could use. I forgot what the word was he was talking about, but he says, if I, if I can use that word, I was going to say, well, yeah, you can use any word I can spell. And uh, it, <laughs> apparently I miss Palette totally. So, uh, yeah, that was one of those oops. But uh, so I learned that one. Good. Uh, but, That's yeah, good. definitely definitely sound, sounds like a good read, and it's not, you know, one of those 700-page things that, that you just have to, you know, dedicate Ow. a month or two. It would take me a year to read 700 pages, but yeah, you know, 15 minutes. Great, it, didn't, great it, sports,
2: it really uh, is that yeah. simple.
0: Fifteen minutes and you're
4: done. Yeah. Ooh, very good. Um, and yeah, I, I think,
2: let me see here. The Red Wine has mm-hmm. 28 pages, but then okay. it, it starts out with the cover page telling you about it. The next page is uh, another cover page, basically. And then it gives the disclaimer there the published date, and you know don't reproduce this type thing and then it has yeah. another page, and then it has the contents and so it's not yeah. until page six that you actually start into the introduction and okay. so from page six through uh, page uh let's see page six through page twenty one is actual text of the uh, book and then twenty through two through twenty eight is the recommendations and stuff like that so yeah you know, it's, it's not like it's twenty eight pages full of reading and it's not full pages it's it's thin pages in the middle of your screen and simple read so hmm. huh. it's uh' yep,
0: you're good enough.
2: Yeah, it's, it's something simple and easy. So, get it, get it, people, get it. It's, uh, it's well, it really is well worth uh, free to yeah. read the red, and it's worth the two ninety nine to read the white. So, yeah. You know, go.
4: And while it while it is free, he said, I believe it's going to be uh, the first month. So um, just you know, discounted. How how much more discounted can you get? Um, That's right. And I'm um, I'm guessing you can get it for free the first month on Amazon. I'll have to check when that when that comes out. But uh, uh, yeah. do that and the first month, and then after that, it's ninety nine cents. Still a fantastic price. And oh, as yeah. we're, on, we're on the wine, uh, for the white guide, uh, fifteen minute guide to white wine for two ninety nine is another great deal. So um, definitely uh, pick those up and um, and enjoy. I mean, it uh, sounds like a good good two reads there.
3: Yeah. You take is. it with
4: you and it's a guide and you know, you'll you can always keep it with you on your uh mobile device or electronics device, that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah. Very, very good form to use. Um and I guess unless you have anything else to add, it's eight sixteen PM. Wow. our next show is yeah, <laughs> next Thursday is October twenty second. And I don't know if we have uh we have, have a
2: guest.
4: Yeah, have, I don't don't have have in front of, of me right now. Let's see. Yeah, I, didn't want I down there. Twenty uh, ninth uh, is our special Halloween show. While runs looking up, but twenty uh, ninth we're going to have uh, Joy Neighbors, um, who uh, has been on the show several times, and and we love doing the Halloween show. Uh, the the scary side of wine and and we talk about all kinds of scary spooky stuff but uh, she comes on around this time of the year uh, towards the end of October and we just have a a lot of fun on the show so uh, that's uh, October 29th and uh, probably be off topic but uh, I believe she's going to talk about some haunted wineries and uh, it's it's just a great time and and turn the lights down and she'll tell you some good stories (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) She's fun. She's a, she's a fun guest. She also does a blog called, Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? A grave affair,
4: I think, or something, you know, I remember uh, a grave interest and, uh, um, I know she's, she was on that for a while. We'll have to catch up with her and see, see if she's still doing, uh, joy's joy of wine. But, uh, I know she was doing a grave interest for a while there and all about cemeteries and, um, It's just fascinating stuff. You know, she's she's been to places. She's She's working now
2: at a bourbon factory or uh, something Mm -hmm. like that. She said that's haunted, too. Yeah, we're
4: going to hear all about that.
2: That's two weeks from tonight. But next week, we have uh, Center of Effort as Harvest gets into full swing. A Center of Effort. This is... Let me expand this here. Expand all. Uh, This is a... uh, uh, Let me see. I've got notes all over the place here, and I'm trying to thumb through them and find out what we've got. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Nathan is going to be with us on the 22nd. And... uh, he is the winemaker, I believe, at the Center of Effort Wine, or Winery. What is the name of this winery? It's, it always seemed like Center of Effort Winery. And they just achieved elite status. The winery becomes SIP certified, enhancing yeah. the Center of Effort's ongoing commitment to sustainability. So they are very big into... Uh, certified Organic and all that other stuff. So Nathan from the Center of Effort, which i, I it seems like an odd yep. name for a winery, but, hey, but, um, Nathan Carlson, winemaker and general manager. So he will be with yeah. us next week.
4: Yeah. San Luis Obispo Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. what I'm seeing on
0: the...
2: Uh, yeah,
4: I think um, Yeah, looks good. Um, all right, so we'll have him uh, next week and uh, we'll post that soon because I don't uh, don't even have that on the schedule. <laughs> but uh, we'll yeah, definitely well, have to... Have to uh, I probably time.
2: missed giving it So, yeah, Center <laughs> of Effort, C-O-E, Center of Effort.
4: Uh, yeah, very good.
2: So okay. that's... Nathan will be our guest <laughs> next week talking about their certification and uh, uh, what they do and their story and everything. So it should be fun. It, uh, I mean, very specialized in wines, and, uh, the two wines all the state-grown in Edna Valley AVA, which is in the uh, yeah. foothills of Robles. So join us next week for that.
4: Awesome. So that'll be October 22nd, I believe. October 22nd, yes. 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on Blog Talk Radio. And I believe we'll go ahead and close the show out for this evening. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Did that already start? No. Okay. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. And. <laughs> I just clicked on the file. I thought I double-clicked, and it was going to load it up. Um, Have a great week. Be safe, and we'll see you on October 22nd, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, Twitch TV, and um, wherever else we're being streamed that we don't know about. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. All
4: right.
1: Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All
4: right, that should be it. Yeah, good, we're closed.
0: Oh.